That's Phil. At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Hello, listeners. You're back where it's at for another booming edition of the show designed with you in mind. This is Tanisha Baker, and you're tuned in to Talking with T, where we hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more. It's April 18th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, Courtney Kardashian and talk show host Conan O'Brien. On this day in history, author Alex Haley was awarded the Pulitzer Prize in 1977 for his novel Roots. And the Pulitzer Prize was awarded to Alice Walker on this day in 1983 for The Color Purple. On the national calendar, today is recognized as Patriots Day, which is a big holiday in the New England states. Patriots Day commemorates the Battle of Lexington and Concord, which began the Revolutionary War and the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere. Our theme this month is Aim High in April. It's not how good you are, it's how good you want to be. Reach higher than you think you can. Go for the gusto. Move beyond your comfort zone and strive for the extraordinary. I am so honored today to have a guest on our show that is really not new to Talking With T. We've heard her songs um, on the show a couple of times, but today I want to introduce you to Miss Jackie Hampton and really let's learn a little bit more about the message behind her music. So, Jackie, how are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, it's beautiful weather. It's finally hitting spring, and I think we're finally at a point where I can put up my coats. For a minute there, it was, you know, I need a coat one day and sandals the next, but I'm doing great, enjoying this beautiful day, and glad to have you on with us. So, well, thank you for having first me. of all, yeah, first of all, love your songs. The listeners are going to get an opportunity to hear a couple of them today. But let's just start with a little bit about you and where you're from and, you know, what's going on in your world these days. Oh, my goodness. My world is completely different than I thought that it was going to be around this time. Um, originally, I'm from Atlanta. Um, living in Kingsport at the moment. Um, I swear, man, I really cannot say anything to begin this interview, but thank God for putting me where I am right now. Because, you know, growing up, you really don't, you don't picture yourself being exactly where you want to be when your circumstances hit. But that's when you really get to see who God is. So, a few years ago, um, still living in Kingsport, a friend of mine, Star the Poet, one of my best friends ever, shout out to Star, I love you, boo. Um, he recruited me for his anti-venom tour. And I ran from him. <laughs> I tried my best. I tried my best to get away from this dude. But it seemed like, you know, the more I ran from him, the harder he chased me to get me to, you know, do the anti-venom tour with him. So he's been working with me on my project. And he is my main producer and engineer. So my world is is nuts. It's a lot of recording. It's a lot of concert touring. It's it's a lot of, uh, a lot of mommying. I am a mother of three. 
Wow. My oldest son. Yeah, shout out to my oldest son, Tavian. He's seven. He is my heart. Ooh, three little ones. Three little yeah. ones. Yeah, okay. I got seven. My uh, middle child, his name is Jalen. He's four. And then there's my little mini-me, Adriana. She's two. So lots of love and shout out to them. So let me back up a little bit. And you said you are originally from Atlanta and you live in yeah. Kingsport. Yeah. And I couldn't help but wondering the journey that would bring you from Atlanta, Georgia, to Kingsport, Tennessee. <laughs> I have amazing parents. And uh, when I was younger, I think that in their minds, they saw the path that me and my – I have a sister. And I also have an adoptive brother. But at the time, I think that they were really looking at the path that we were going on. Mm-hmm. And the journey that brought us from there to here is my dad wanting better for us, so he found uh, a better job in the company he was working with, and he moved us here so oh, that okay. we would not end up, you know, going through a lot of the stuff that he was trying to shield us from. Um, I At first, I hated the move because I wasn't used to the slow pace. But looking back, you know, as a parent now, I couldn't have been more grateful for my parents doing what they did back then. So the journey here, it was difficult, but, man, it was a blessing. It turned out to be a lot better, (laughs) a lot better and a lot more necessary than we thought at the moment. Yeah, God has a design for all of us, and if we just follow his lead, I think we land in the right place. So when did you discover your gift, or have you always known you had the gift of music? I figured it out, I want to say, that I could actually do something with it when I was a little kid. Um, there was a song on the radio, and it was an India Ari song. And it was my sister, you know, a whole bunch of us just kicking it, and the radio went off. I was still singing it. And one of the girls was like, I thought we turned that off. And I was just sitting there just still singing. And she looked at me. She was like, do you realize how good you are? <laughs> do you remember the song? Video, her first can you hear, can you, can you hear a little acapella bit of that for us? You uh, remember it? I remember a few lines from it. Uh, let's see. I'm not the average girl from your video. My worth is not determined by the price of my clothes. No matter what I'm wearing, I will always be the India Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so you're now in Kingsport. You are working on a project that I can't wait for you to complete, and I feel so privileged that I can reveal bits and pieces of that um, to the listening audience because I absolutely love your songs. I don't know if you remember after your second song. I was like, this is it. She's a hit. This is a star right here, and I'm just – so happy to and honored to have you with us today and to be able to share your music. Um, I know that behind the art, I can tell when I listen to your songs, that there's a piece of you, a piece of your heart, a piece of your soul that is fueling um, the passion in your music. Is there anything about that that you can share with us today? Honestly, I, 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 there's a lot that I can say, you know. Me and God have a different relationship. 
we uh you know in the bible it says that christ loves the church as his bride and i think uh, for a long time jesus was pursuing me and i just kept running that was my thing throughout life i just ran whenever i saw a problem i would run if i was uncomfortable i would run so that's what i did you know what i mean i ran and uh for the longest time i've had to deal with setbacks and, you know, drama, just, you know, I have three kids, but I'm a single parent. So there's a whole lot that I had to deal with. You know what I mean? Yes, ma'am. And uh, a, lot of what's, a lot of what's going on this particular project, the Redemption Chronicles EP, is my journey to redemption. Because I ran from it for so long. It was always offered, but I just ran. I was scared of it. And, um, you know, when you're a baby Christian, you see the work that goes into being a Christian, and you also see, you know, the trials and the tests that come when you finally declare Christ as your own in your own life, and you don't have anybody deciding that for you. Uh, My parents are ministers. You know, when I was younger, they had us baptized and everything, but I don't really feel like I fully accepted Christ as my Savior until 2013. At the time... I mean, I don't, I don't mind to share it. I had a drinking problem. I mean, I'm 24 years old, but it happens. It happens. No, you're not the first. You're not the. In fact, you're not the first on this show. But you're definitely not the first. <laughs> and I had, you know, I had identity problems because I always felt like I wasn't destined to be somebody's baby mama. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I went to college, graduated. And couldn't get a job in my field. So I'm, I'm struggling with financial issues at the time, a drinking problem. At the time, uh, my daughter was six months old, so I had three kids. You know what I mean? I was at the lowest of my low. And um, I was actually on the phone with Star. I was having one of the worst days of my life. Star does not even understand how much he was instrumental in me finally finding Christ. God used him. He really did. But uh, we were on the phone one night, and I'm sitting here. I'm drinking. I'm cursing. I'm, you know, doing whatever. And Star was like, just stop. Stop everything right now. Turn the TV off and everything. And he was like, are you really happy with the way your life is going right now? And he was like, this is the perfect time for you to just open up and have this conversation with God and be real about it. Don't don't try to pray like anybody else. Don't try to pray like your, you know, minister parents. Just, you know, just be real about it, you know. And uh, I did. And that's the first time I ever heard God speak to me and say, you don't understand my plans for you right now. But where I'm going to take you, you will understand when you get there. So I'm Ooh. telling you. Yeah, I remember hearing a guy speak one time, and he had had a, an arduous journey. And he said, sometimes you don't know who your rock is until you hit rock bottom. And that stuck with me because I think it was actually in some low moments in my life that I actually found my strength and my commitment and my reliance on, on God and mm-hmm. started to stand on his promises. And I and I tell people all the time, if he wants you, he'll come and get you wherever you are, however you are. And it, it's been such a blessing that you have allowed him to use you um, and bring you to the place that I know 
he has created just for you. So I tell you what, listeners, uh, keep it where it's at. I'll be right back after we hear this next song from Miss Jackie Hanson. Jackie, thanks for joining us today. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Christian hip-hop artist who has been just amazing to me. I love you guys with everything that is in my soul. Black Atticus in Knoxville, thank you so much for the opportunities you're affording me as well. I love y'all with a passion, and I just pray, you know, that we stick together and we really go where God is going to take us, because, man, we don't understand the plan, but apparently it's big. So, y'all, I love y'all, Star. My love, my homie, my brother, my mentor, my producer, my engineer, my rock, my confidant, my journal, my diary, my microphone. Uh, you are everything to me. I love you, dude. Thank you for everything you have done. You are the best. You are the best, man. And uh, I look forward to many more projects with you. I love you. All right. And now let's check out today's quick bits for our Monday Minute. 
Diana Ross was treated after an SUV ran a stop sign and crashed into a limo taking her to a performance in Pennsylvania. Eight black men were awarded $5.3 million Thursday in a lawsuit over discrimination and a hostile work environment at UPS in Lexington, Kentucky. A Palm Beach zookeeper was killed by a Malayan tiger this past Friday. Zoo officials said it didn't appear that the lead zookeeper had done anything wrong or out of the norm. Dozens are killed in a massive earthquake in Ecuador, which a 7.8 magnitude was recorded. It was the country's strongest quake since 1979. The isolated indigenous community of the Ontario First Nation of Attawapiskat in the far north of the Canadian province has had over 100 members attempt suicide in the last eight months. This story surfaced in the news this past Saturday when there were 11 suicide attempts in one day. A statement from the government said that Native Canadians have a shorter life expectancy, poor health overall, and, as has been made clear over the past week, a significantly higher rate of mental health issues, addiction, and suicide. This tragic occurrence has prompted them to declare their own state of emergency. Philadelphia has finally acknowledged its racist treatment of Jackie Robinson this past week on Jackie Robinson Day during a ceremony this past Friday honoring the baseball pioneer. The apology was issued as a resolution and the ceremony was held at the Philadelphia Starts Negro League Memorial Park where there is a statue of Robinson. Jackie Robinson was told to go back to the cotton fields by the then manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. He was also refused service at their hotel and was insulted and hammered with racial slurs as he went to bat. And now, almost 70 years later, he is recognized on Major League ballparks all over as they celebrate his accomplishments. Now it's time for a new segment called The Happy Highlights. Although the media floods us with stories of tragedy, strife, or controversy, we don't want to overlook the good things that are going on in the world. There's a sweet story about 80 students at Meridian Elementary School in Broomfield, Colorado, shaving their heads to support their nine-year-old classmate who returned to school as she battles cancer. Brian Thobanel of Oregon was separated from his daughter for two years when his ex-girlfriend took their daughter out of state. Well, he finally found his little girl in a Washington State homeless shelter. He now has custody, and it is reported that the two are inseparable. St. Benedict's Preparatory High School in Newark, New Jersey is filled with inner-city youth and is actually run by those students. The school empowers kids to make decisions regarding activities, rules, and functions of the school. The cool part of this story is the school has a 98% graduation rate. Now this is something to ponder. It's time once again for the segment Everybody Loves. We're going to hit trending news with Pam Campbell and Jay Lawrence. How are the two of you today? Wonderfully well. How about yourself? I'm fabulous. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So let's start off by talking about Jackson, Mississippi. The governor has signed a bill into law that allows members of churches to have firearm training so that they can provide armed security for the congregation. The Church Protection Act will allow people to carry holstered weapons to church without a permit. Now, the Mississippi Association of Police Chiefs has opposed the part of the bill that loosens the requirements regarding having a permit 
saying it will make it harder to make sure that someone who has a gun isn't a violent criminal. So I'm thinking they believe that people will just, you know, get a gun and say they're a member of a church so that they're allowed to have it. And, of course, since there's a law that the people in church can have a gun without a permit, then it may be harder to track down who is sincere and carrying the gun truly for the church protection act or who's using it as a cover. So I don't know. What do y'all think? I think it's definitely necessary for the stipulation to be added that people can carry the guns with a permit because we had a very unfortunate incident here in Memphis a couple of weeks back, one of the uh, largest churches in the city, a man just walked in with several firearms in the middle of service. Fortunately, he was apprehended after uh, church security received a tip from one of the parishioners that there was a man who had several handguns on it. So, you know, we're living in an age now where so much happens, not just in the streets, not just in various people's homes, but even at places of worship at churches. And, you know, the Bible says, watch as well as pray. So, you know, you can't, right. just, you can't just pray the criminals at your church, but you got to watch. Right, right. So maybe, I think I agree with you, maybe they can have some type of uh, joint class or registration or process so that the people can have permit without just randomly, you know, leaving that loophole in there. Right, and I would think also that, you know, the leadership of the church, the pastor, and the uh, executive staff or whomever needs to be well aware of who, you know, is carrying weapons in the church and who has permits so, you know, that there's not an issue. There'll always be someone that's going to try to shice their way into the church, you know, since it's all these, you know, loopholes where they'll right. be able to carry a gun. So. Okay. Well, uh, let's turn our attention to something that's going on right here in Knox County at our home in Tennessee. It's made national news when a former school officer, John Smelser, has filed a $250,000 lawsuit against the district and city saying that he was fired from his supervisor because the supervisor was offended that he had married a black woman. Now, in April of 2015, Melsa was charged with domestic assault in connection with an incident at his home involving his stepdaughter's boyfriend. And, you know, I can just imagine, but that may have been justifiable. I don't know. But the lawsuit stated that uh, Smelser was off duty but placed on paid leave from his job pending the outcome of the case. Now, on May 18th of 2015, the charges were dropped. When he returned to work, the lawsuit alleges that his supervisor refused to speak to him. The next day, he received a letter dated May 15th from the school superintendent that stated, It has been determined that your services are no longer needed. It didn't list the reason and it had a May 18th postmark. So I'm not sure if the story shared all the details, but evidently he thinks that his supervisor has some grievance or some grudge against him simply because he married a black woman. Now, what we don't know is that he could have had some other um, things going on. You know, maybe it was because of this case, although the case was dropped, but his you know, termination didn't list the reasons. So I'm interested to see how this is going to turn out. Right. Like you said, there's definitely a lot that remains unanswered here. I don't 
quite see the connection between an incident where the charges were dropped to all of a sudden you walk into work and your services are no longer needed. So, right, right. That sounds a little personal right there. Right. I think that's what he's saying, that the guy has a personal problem with him because he married a black woman. And maybe the guy, you know, made some comments or indicated that in some way that made him file the lawsuit. But we shall see. So there's another trending story in the news about a Maryland firefighter. This is a sad story. He was killed while responding to a call. So the brother of a man that lives in Temple Hills called in an emergency because he was concerned for his brother who had had some trouble controlling his blood sugar and he had recently blacked out. And he was concerned because his brother wasn't answering the phone, he wasn't answering the door, but his car was parked in the driveway. So the firefighters arrived and the person inside was unresponsive. So at that time they decided to do forced entry. Now when they did, the man opened fire and thinking, you know, that maybe they were intruders. And so, unfortunately, this one of the firefighters was killed in this incident, and no charges have been filed. And the guy that was 61 that actually started shooting, he's been released from custody. But I just think it's really tragic because this firefighter had reportedly dreamed of being a fireman since he was a child and loved his job. He really felt like it was like God's work. He liked being in a position of being able to help and save people, and it's just sad that he died this way. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really all that well, I can say. Yeah, that's that's really sad and really unfortunate. Just it's sort of like a freak accident. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I guess I'm sure the man feels awful. But, you know, in these days and times, if you're sitting in your house, and I don't know if he had been unresponsive and recently came out of being unconscious and someone's trying to break in your house so you think you know i guess he didn't know what to do but um i tell you what else is sad i came across this story about rikers island and i don't know that i actually was familiar with all of these details but rikers island prison holds about 10,000 inmates with as many as 80 percent of them awaiting trial that's a lot of people just sitting there waiting for their trial. And what? many of them have been there, you know, just because they couldn't make bail. It is also reported that 40% of the inmates are mentally ill. So the report also says that correction officers are not adequately trained to deal with this population, which results in, I quote, a disturbing pattern of neglect and excessive force. So U.S. Attorney Preet Bahara says that he found a culture of violence on top of a code of silence, which is a deadly combination. Bahara also said that they found an alarming number of cases where there was no discipline in respect of the officers. And as I was reading a little bit more, he says the number of facial fractures, traumatic brain injury, broken bones, and serious physical injury is out of control and Apparently, this is at the hands of the officers toward the inmates, with some of them not even facing their trial to have been found guilty or having received their actual sentence. So there's just chaos, disorder, and bedlam at Rikers Island. That's what it sounds like to me. Exactly. Exactly. They even talked about this one guy, Bradley Ballard, who was schizophrenic and diabetic, and he was 
brought to Rikers in 2013 on charges of violating parole and for an assault conviction. And, you know, he was taken back to his cell and placed in solitary confinement. And they locked the cell and basically just threw away the key. And he's just been sitting there, you know. And so then he died and his family, of course, is filing a wrongful death suit against the city. They said he was locked in his cell for six days prior to his death. He was denied access to life-supporting prescription medications, and that day after day, officers, supervisors, and clinicians walked by, observed him, like, deteriorating, like that his health was failing and just, just didn't help him. That's so sad because, I, you know, Rikers Island is one of the most, you know, violent prisons, you know, in America. And I remember when my boo Tupac was locked in Rikers Island, um, and he had it. Here we it. go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? In the news, <laughs> we keep hearing about police brutality in the streets, and I hadn't really thought about what was going on if people were in jail. And like you said, you know, with 80% of them waiting trial, some of those people could be innocent, or it could have been a minor offense, and there they are stuck in that type of situation. Exactly. That's the That's the thought that's in my head. You've got these people who are awaiting trial, and like you said, could very well be innocent of whatever they're charged with, but yet they're being subjected to this inhumane treatment. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I remember reading an article about they don't have enough, you know, because lawyers are expensive. They don't have enough public defenders to represent all these people, and plus the docket that the courts are one, two years behind, so they can't even get into the courts to actually be heard, plus they don't have enough public defenders to represent them, so it's kind of like a like a catch-22, like, it's just bad up there. Yeah, that that is sad, you know, yeah, this is a bad case here. Well, we'll see what happens now that people are starting to take, now that people are starting to take a closer look at it and do some investigations, because I still believe in humane treatment. You know, I might have less patience or uh, consideration for violent criminals, molesters and such, but some of these people could be in there for petty crimes and they just don't have the opportunity to, you know, have their day in court. That's true. So, yeah, let's, let's, uh, you'll enjoy this story, this next story about a couple. And I don't know whether a part of me thinks it's a little comical, but then again, maybe it's sad. Um, I'll let you judge. So, Catherine and Melvin Duran literally had the book thrown at them when they were arraigned this past Thursday in Lenawee County Court on a misdemeanor charge of, y'all ready? Wait for it. Okay. Failure to return rental property. Now, if convicted, they could be sentenced to 93 days in jail and fined $500 for the rental property for not returning library books. So the couple had to pay a $100 bond last week when they were served with their arrest warrant. And they live on Social Security with much of their income going toward medication. But the Lenawee County prosecutor, Bert Castleberry, stated, we're trying to help recover taxpayer money that is flat out taken from the library. Now, they had two books. I actually looked a little deeper into the story to see what they had. It was a Dr. Seuss book and some novel. 
But I'm thinking they don't have a lot to do in this county if they're arresting people for not turning in library books. Well, they must have that same problem in Knox County because a few years back they must have been going through their system or whatever, and they actually sent an officer, you know, an officer that serves papers to you, to retrieve a library book that me and my brother, Brian Campbell, I said his oh, name so he knows not put his name. <laughs> <laughs> we had a book from 1978 all about frogs, and they wanted it. Now, keep in mind, I was 42, 43 years old then when they came mm. to the house, but I was eight when we checked out this book together. And I don't even know wow. why we even checked it out. So, and they wanted their book, and they I had to go through hell and high waters to get that off of my, so I could get a new library card. I said, this is ridiculous. I know y'all have more time, too much time on your hands if you're going to be worried about a book from 1978. And what was now, the name of the book, Pam? All About Frogs. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So now let, let's 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 backtrack here. You said that the that the couple was put in jail for not returning what book, Tanisha? There was a Dr. Seuss book and a novel. Okay. I don't remember the name, but you can find it on the website where I posted the complete story. Okay. Now the Dr. Seuss books are not to be played with. Now, I mean, <laughs> the people want their green eggs and ham. The people want their cat and the hat. The people want their all the places that you'll go now. So you know, um, Dr. I know, but for a hundred dollars bond, they could have bought the book. Really, they could have, and truthfully, they could have gone over to Barnes and Noble and got a copy for the Lolo with all this. You know, if they want to talk about returning <laughs> what was spent with taxpayer money, they're wasting more taxpayer money trying to arrest these folks and put them in jail for not returning two books. But uh, yeah, I know. Know. Now, I'm not going to say too much because I think I got a couple of VHSs from Blockbuster. <laughs> not VHS. <laughs> Wait VHS. a minute. Is Blockbusters even open anymore? Nope. No. They're all called okay. closed. <laughs> and you still got the Blockbuster videotape? I sure do. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Don't play this. <laughs> you heard it here live. You heard it here live. J. Lord <laughs> still has Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And you don't get a knock on your door, huh? And I'm and and I and I know where the tape is. Y'all can take this tape, but y'all can't take me. Nah. He's <laughs> <laughs> not going. Well, I guess that's it for this bit. And of course, I can't wait to talk to the two of you next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm gonna say it. All right now. Don't move from this groove as we check out another hit from today's featured artist, Miss Jackie Hampton.
Myself away to you relentlessly Only you know what you mean to me by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. Continue to spread the word about Talking With T. You can now download the show on iTunes or TuneIn Radio. You can also subscribe to the Talking With T daily online newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news. For listeners in the Knoxville, Tennessee area, remember to check out www.thevillageofknox.com. And follow The Village on Facebook and Twitter for community updates, announcements, and events. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Ambition is the path to success. Persistence is the vehicle you arrive in. Bill Bradley. Keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Teeth.